Chapter thirty five of That Lassa Lowry's by Francis Hodgson Burnett. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. In the Pit. The next morning, Derrick went down to the mine as usual. There were several things he wished to do in these last two days. He had heard that the managers had entered into negotiations with a new engineer, and he wished the man to find no half-done work. The day was bright and frosty, and the sharp bracing air seemed to clear his brain. He felt more hopeful and less inclined to view matters darkly. He remembered afterward that, as he stepped into the cage, he turned to look at the unpicturesque little town, brightened by the winter's sun, and that, as he went down, he glanced up at the sky and marked how intense appeared the bit of blue which was framed in by the mouth of the shaft. Even in the few hours that had elapsed since the meeting, the rumour of what he had said and done had been bruited about. Some collier had heard it and told it to his comrades, and so it had gone from one to the other. It had been talked over at the evening and morning meal in diverse cottages, and many an anxious woman had warmed on to the praise of the man who had had a thout for th men. In the first gallery he entered, he found a deputation of men awaiting him, a group of burly miners with picks and shovels over their shoulders, and the head of this deputation, a spokesman burlier and generally gruffer than the rest, stopped him. Mester, he said, we chaps had like to hear a word wi' you. All right, was Derrick's reply. I'm ready to listen. The rest crowded nearer, as if anxious to participate as much as possible, and give their spokesman the support of their presence. "'It isn't a mitch as we are getting to say,' said the man, "'but we fain to say it. Aren't we, mates?' "'Aye, we are, lad,' in chorus. "'It's about summat as we neared. "'They were a chap as towed summoners last neet, "'as you'd get in the sack from the managers, "'or leastways, as you'd turn the tables on em and gien them the sack you sen. And we did as it begun we your standing up for us chaps, axing for things as were wanted if bit, to save us for running more risk than we need. And we heard as you spoke up bold, and argued for us, and stood to what you thought were three thing. And we set our minds on telling you, as we did it and talked it over, and we like to say a word of thanks he common for the pluck you showed. Is that it, mates? Aye, that it is, lad responded the chorus. Suddenly one of the group stepped out and threw down his pick. And I'm done, mates, he said, if here isn't a chap as I'd like to shake hands wi' him. It was the signal for the rest to follow his example. They crowded about their champion, thrusting grimy paws into his hand, grasping it almost enthusiastically. Good luck to you, lad, said one. We're no smooth sort of chaps, but we stand by what's fair and plucky. We shall I good word for thee when thou'st made the flitting. I'm glad of that, lads, responded Derrick heartily, by no means unmoved by the rough and ready spirit of the scene. I only wish I had had better luck, that's all. A few hours later the whole of the little town was shaken to its very foundations by something like an earthquake, accompanied by an ominous booming sound, which brought people flocking out of their houses with white faces. Some of them had heard it before. All knew what it meant. From the colliers' cottages poured forth women, shrieking and wailing, women who bore children in their arms and had older ones dragging at their skirts, 
and who made their desperate way to the pit with one accord. From houses and workshops there rushed men, who, coming out in twos and threes, joined each other, and forming a breathless crowd, ran through the streets, scarcely daring to speak a word. And all ran toward the pit. There were scores at its mouth in five minutes. In ten minutes there were hundreds, and above all the clamour rose the cry of women. My mister's down! and mine four lads o mine is down three o mine my little un's theer the youngest number ten year owd poor little chap and on he been at work a week ay wenches god ha mercy on us o'er god ha mercy and then more shrieks and wails in which the terror-stricken children joined it was a fearful sight how many lay dead and dying in the noisome darkness below god only knew how many lay mangled and crushed waiting for their death heaven could only tell in five minutes after the explosion occurred a slight figure in clerical garb made its way through the crowd with an air of excited determination parson's feet was the general comment my men he said raising his voice so that all could hear can any of you tell me who last saw fergus derrick there was a brief pause and then came a reply from a collier who stood near i come up out of the pit an hour ago he said i were th last as come up and it were only chance as brought me derrick were we his men if new part of mine i seed him as i passed through grace's face became a shade or so paler but he made no more inquiries his friend either lay dead below or was waiting for his doom at that very moment he stepped a little farther forward. Unfortunately for myself, at present, he said, I have no practical knowledge of the nature of these accidents. Will some of you tell me how long it will be before we can make our first effort to rescue the men who are below? Did he mean to volunteer, this young whippersnapper of a parson? And if he did, could he know what he was doing? I ask you, he said, because I wish to offer myself as a volunteer at once. I think I am stronger than you imagine and at least my heart will be in the work. I have a friend below, myself, his voice altering its tone and losing its firmness, a friend who is worthy the sacrifice of ten such lives as mine, if such a sacrifice could save him. One or two of the older and more experienced spoke up. Under an hour it would be impossible to make the attempt. It might even be a longer time, but in an hour they might at least make their first effort. If such was the case, the parson said, the intervening period must be turned to the best account. In that time, much could be thought of and done which would assist themselves and benefit the sufferers. He called upon the strongest and most experienced, and almost without their recognising the prominence of his position, led them on in the work. He even rallied the weeping women and gave them something to do. One was sent for this necessary article and another for that, a couple of boys were dispatched to the next village for extra medical assistance, so that there need be no lack of attention when it was required. He took off his broadcloth and worked with the rest of them until all the necessary preparations were made, and it was considered possible to descend into the mine. When all was ready, he went to the mouth of the shaft and took his place quietly. It was a hazardous task they had before them. Death would stare them in the face all through its performance. There was choking after damp below, 
noxious vapours to breathe which was to die there was the chance of crushing masses falling from the shaken galleries and yet these men left their companions one by one and ranged themselves without saying a word at the curate's side my friends we will say a short prayer it was only a few words then the curate spoke again ready he said but just at that moment there stepped out from the anguished crowd a girl whose face was set and deathly though there was no touch of fear upon it i ax you she said to let me go away and do what i can lasses some of you speak a word for joan lowrie there was a breathless start the women even stopped their outcry to look at her as she stood apart from them a desperate appeal in the very quiet of her gesture as she turned to look about her for someone to speak lasses she said again summon you speak a word for joan lowrie there rose a murmur among them then and the next instant this murmur was a cry ay they answered we can all speak for you let her go lads she's worth two of the best on you nowt fears her ay she mun go as she will mun joe lowrie go joan lass and we not forget thee but the men demurred the finer instinct of some of them shrank from giving a woman a place in such a perilous undertaking the coarser element in others rebelled against it we na no wenches these said surlily grace stepped forward he went to joan lowrie and touched her gently on the shoulder we cannot think of it he said it is very brave and generous and god bless you but it cannot be i could not think of allowing it myself if the rest would parson said joan coolly but not roughly there's a hard work to help the sen if so be as lads were willing but he protested it may be death i could not bear the thought of it you are a woman we cannot let you risk your life she turned to the volunteers lads she cried passionately you mun not turn me back ah sin i mun tell you and she faced them like a queen there's a mun down there as i give me heart's blood to save they did not know whom she meant but they demurred no longer tak that place wench said the oldest of them if thou mun thou mun she took her seat in the cage by grace and when she took it she half turned her face away but when those above began to lower them and they found themselves swinging downward into what might be to them a pit of death she spoke to him there's a prayer i'd like you to pray she said pray that if we won dee we may na dee until we had done our work it was a dreadful work indeed that the rescuers had to do in these black galleries and joan was the bravest quickest most persistent of all paul grace following in her wake found himself obeying her slightest word or gesture he worked constantly at her side for he at least had guessed the truth he knew that they were both engaged in the same quest when at last they had worked their way lifting helping comforting to the end of the passage where the collier had said he last saw the master then for one moment she paused and her companion with a thrill of pity touched her to attract her attention let me go first he said nay she answered we can go together the gallery was a long and low one and had been terribly shaken in some places the props had been torn away in others they were borne down by the loosened blocks of coal 
the dim light of the davy joan held up showed such a wreck that grace spoke to her again you must let me go first he said with gentle firmness if one of those blocks should fall joan interrupted him if one on em should fall i'm for one as it had better fall on there is the money folk as had missed joan lowry you are work o your own to do she stepped into the gallery before he could protest and he could only follow her she went before holding the davy high so that its light might be thrown as far forward as possible now and then she was forced to stoop to make her way around a bending prop sometimes there was a fallen mass to be surmounted but she was at the front still when they reached the other end without finding the object of their search it he is no there she said let us try the next passage and she turned into it it was she who first came upon what they were looking for but they did not find it in the next passage or the next or even the next it was farther away from the scene of the explosion than they had dared to hope as they entered a narrow side gallery grace heard her utter a low sound and the next minute she was down upon her knees there's a mon here she said it's him as we're looking for she held the dim little lantern close to the face a still face with closed eyes and blood upon it grace knelt down too his heart aching with dread is he he began but could not finish joan lowrie laid her hand upon the apparently motionless breast and waited almost a minute and then she lifted her own face white as the wounded man's white and solemn and wet with a sudden rain of tears he isn't dead she said we saved him she sat down upon the floor of the gallery and lifting his head laid it upon her bosom holding it as close as a mother might hold the head of her child mester she said give me the brandy flask and tap thou that davy and go for some of the men to help us get him to thleet a day i'm gone weak at last i'm gonna do more i'll go wi him to the top when the cage ascended to the mouth again with its last load of sufferers joan lowrie came with it blinded and dazzled by the golden winter's sunlight as it fell upon her haggard face she was holding the head of what seemed to be a dead man upon her knee a great shout of welcome rose up from the bystanders she helped them to lay her charge upon a pile of coats and blankets prepared for him and then she turned to the doctor who had hurried to the spot to see what could be done here's the dead she said lay your hand on his heart it beats yet mester only a little but it beats no said the doctor he's not dead yet with a breath's pause between the two last words if some of you will help me to put him on a stretcher he may be carried home and i will go with him there is just a chance for him poor fellow and he must have immediate attention where does he live he must go with me said grace he's my friend so they took him up and joan stood a little apart and watched them carry him away watched the bearers until they were out of sight and then turned again and joined the women in their work among the sufferers End of chapter 35